Hey humans, how's it going? Susan Ruth here, episode 1-5, for your listening pleasure. I spoke with the brilliant, awesome, funny, interesting, made by Jim Bob, that's his moniker. Uh, he is a political slash, what, social slash, I mean, throw some environment in there, we talked about the environment, uh, cartoonist, author, he's also a jeweler, jeweler, that's a really hard word to say, go ahead, say it five times really fast, a double dog dare ya. Anyway, we had a great conversation about all sorts of things, uh, I love his cartoons, I've been following him on Instagram for a while now, <clears throat> excuse me, and reached out to him, and he was kind enough to be on the show, much appreciate it. If y'all get a chance, please go check out his Instagram, instagram.com slash madebyjimbob. And if that is confusing or you don't have a pen on you, uh, there's links to everything about him on my heyhumanpodcast.com website. So go there and stuff. Plus, there's just lots of cool stuff on there about all sorts of different humans and links to things talked about in the shows and and all that good stuff. And while you're at it, when you're on the internets uh, or on your phone, too, you don't have... Well, you can be on the internets on your phone. It's a modern world. Um, Go to iTunes and subscribe to Hey Human. Uh, Write a review. I would really appreciate that. Everything helps to get the word out. Share it with your friends. If you like an episode, send it to Susie or Bill or Greg or, you know, anyone, your parents, your dog. If your dog has an Instagram account, he's probably getting online quite a bit, and he too can subscribe to Hey Human. But enough about all that. I would love for you to sit back and listen to this episode. Well, you don't have to sit back. Maybe you're running. Maybe you're working out. Maybe you're at the office. Maybe you're typing your novel, and then you probably aren't going to listen because it's really hard to listen to people talking when you're trying to come up with words. I know this for a fact. Anyway, uh, Made by Jim Bob is awesome. I think you're going to love this episode. I really appreciate your listening to me and my guests and... Yeah, as always, you know, you're going to hopefully hear a little bit of yourself and stuff that we talk about. And if nothing else, that is a great thing because it helps make the world a little smaller when we see ourselves and other people. That's a good thing. All right, here we go. Hi, Jim Bob. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for being on Hey Human. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm a big, big fan of your uh, cartoons that I, I follow you on Instagram and, and you know, shamelessly like everything because I, I like everything that you do. It's really, it's great. Thank you very much. It's like, uh, it's actually a pretty new uh, adventure for me. I was doing jewelry for so long and then um, somehow I just uh, reconnected with doodling and yeah. drawing like marker so it's so it's weird it's only been like three maybe five months in or something like incredibly prolific (laughs) thank you yeah so let's start at the very beginning as they like to say (laughs) so you began your story as uh in way back in high school you wanted to i read a little bit about you on the internets.com and uh so that you started your passion for jewelry making at a pretty young age, correct? Um, I actually, um, I started drawing before I started talking, I believe, oh. uh, doodle, doodling and stuff. And uh, so art, drawing and making things was, it was obvious for me uh, really early. Um, and, and then later, jewelry I didn't discover until I moved to Los Angeles in 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I was like, oh, this is an art form that uh, there's actually a market for. So, like, you know, it's one of those rare moments where an artist can go, they could actually see a future uh, that can feed them. So I looked at it kind of that way. Um, I, I saw immediately some of the 
content limitations with jewelry. Mm-hmm. So overall, it's like you could make beautiful things, but I think for the most part, people interact with jewelry on a superficial level. Not not a bad way, but just they either want something or don't. It's not going to like impact their life or change their thinking or anything like that. Sure. So, but it was it was a fun form to learn. Uh, I was a carpenter before that, so it was almost like the obvious um, microcosm of carpentry. Did you um? Did, were you trying to make a living as an artist before you got into jewelry? When you said, "Oh gosh, you can actually make a living in this other way." Um, I, I, I think I would say I was, but I was working at Starbucks and like MTV and stuff. So, um, I didn't. I think trying to make it as an artist, as far as like visual artist, I was so I was too young to know what I wanted to say. So I could have said at one point, I'm trying to do this, but I don't, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. But just painting things and like, they had no meaning to me. Mm -hmm. They had no like experience behind them. So, um, really if I said that to someone back then, uh, they didn't know, or they did know I was full of shit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Good. Um, all right. So your Instagram, which I follow, is made by Jim Bob. So uh, for all you listening, Instagram.com slash made by Jim Bob. And I, looking at the images and the commentary that you make and the, the jokes and the puns and all that stuff, I mean, your, your humor is quite biting in a great way. I, I very much enjoy it. It's very dark and, and it's very just on the spot on the nose um what so you're doing the jewelry thing and then i guess you got did you get fed up by what was going on in the in the world around you and you thought oh my god is it because you were gonna have a kid is it what what was the impetus Uh, to get you on the the train of these cartoons uh it was weird i was doing jewelry and i owned a shop and i'm in my fourth and last year i knew i knew i was moving out of there but I wouldn't stop jewelry, but what happened was I was watching Game of Thrones, and I was all caught up in everything, and um, I drew, this idea came to me based on one of the characters, um, Arya, the little one who has, you know, she's, she has no name, I don't know if you're caught up with that. I, I'm the only one in the planet who has not, I wanted to read the books first before I saw the show, so. So, so without ruining it for you, I drew a character. I drew a cartoon that was like really not a well-drawn rendition. Uh, you know, I did it in bed, like before I went to sleep, because I was like, "Oh, this is such a dumb, simple idea." And I posted it, and then the next day, I saw someone said, "Hey, George Takai shared your thing on his Facebook." And then, like Will Whedon, uh, another like sort of nerdy. Uh, a pop culture icon. Oh, I know exactly it. who that is. Yes. <laughs> All these people posted this thing and it was, it went completely viral for like two or three days. And I was like high as a kite and I was like, holy shit. And, um, you know, so from there people were like, well, where's your other stuff? Cause they went to my Instagram. It, it's all this like beautiful jewelry. So it didn't make sense. And, you know, I was like, uh, I just didn't post it yet. <laughs> so, um, I had to just kind of like go crazy. I, it was my opportunity to just to look at what is it I want to, you know, draw and have people see. And it, it just led to a, like a, all these ideas that were in my head that I didn't know that were there, that, yeah. that were just ready to come out. It was like a little fireball. Do you have a particular favorite uh, topic that you go to? Besides the absurdity of humanity, which is clearly uh, that, a, an overlaying concept. I, I would say that, I don't think it could be put in better terms than that, is the absurdity of humanity. I love looking at uh, hypocrisy, but not in like the over, you know, overly exaggerated pointing at someone like you did something wrong. Just the humor of hypocrisy. Um, is hilarious to me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's more of broad it's like a broad thing it's like it, if you look if i look at it from a broad perspective i could find these things in the smallest little detail which is kind of my access point so absurdity of humanity uh i don't know even the hypocrisy sounds so heavy it's more like um irony like i, I see that excess anything done in excess inevitably leads to irony like you know like uh someone collects a, a bunch of guns to protect their family but then they're kid has access to a bunch of guns like immediately so and that's just one example and you know uh it just exists everywhere it's like it exists with me it exists with everything yeah, so i like the one that you did that w- i like them all the one that you did where uh it's a police officer he's about to shoot his own shadow yes yeah that, that one came- good yeah that one you know that was politically that was happening and i was like i'm not on anyone's side right now because i know like these issues get so yeah uh split to the extreme to each side you can't even see the middle so i was like you know i want to do a cartoon that exposes uh it doesn't even expose it it what it does is it exposes how people think about these things mm-hmm. which it doesn't the cartoon a lot of my cartoons say something directly like this is this way or not this way that one specifically just was the image and it had no words and it was amazing to see how people reacted to it you know like some people were like why is the shadow black mm-hmm. and I was like, the shadows are black <laughs> <laughs> and i was like wow yeah it is interesting how fired up people get in in weird places that i i like watching basketball i know nothing i don't know anybody's names I don't know their life. I don't know any of that. But I've been following the one man who doesn't want to stand for the national anthem. And right. he was comment. He commented, he said, when the country stands for something that uh, that it's supposed to stand for again, then I will. And right. now people are vilifying his choice, right. which to me is such an irony anyway. I mean, you yeah. live in a country where that's a choice. You don't... Yeah. Why should you have to stand for that if in the moment you're not feeling like it's standing for you? It makes right. total sense to me. And yet there are all these crazy situations that professional players get into and we just look the other way because that's okay. But we get mad when right. a man doesn't stand up for the national anthem. It's yeah. bizarre to me. Yeah. Well, it's it's almost like when you... S- stand for something you believe in it's like it opens you up to the complete you know the wall of opposition so like uh if there's opposition it means you're on to something if you sit for what you believe in you'll stand for anything if you don't sit for what you believe in you'll stand for anything (laughs) again the irony of sitting is the active uh yeah and i don't think people realize what they're really I think people collapse what they're criticizing. Like they're criticizing from one point of view, but they haven't distinguished that it's actually something else they're criticizing. You know, I had a conversation with someone about that and they were like, and the concept was, I understand what he's committed to and what he's, what he wants, but he's not, he hasn't made a direct request to anyone in particular. So they're almost people who criticize. If you look deep enough, they actually want the person to, to be impactful more. They want the leader to emerge. Mm-hmm. They're almost frustrated that they know it won't amount to anything. They're mm-hmm. almost mad at themselves because they feel powerless because, yeah. you know, and these things happen all the time. Like, you know, Something will come out. It's like, you know, people make these gestures that are powerful in the moment, but people get angry because they're, they don't get to like join in. There's no way to participate in a way that they know will make an impact, you know? Do you think that stems from a lemming type mentality that so many have? You know, we'll stand behind you if you have a concept that we can stand behind you for. Otherwise, we'll just get mad at you. We won't stand behind you for making a stand. Right. Right. People will stand... I think people will stand behind complaints more so than 
an action. Like if you request an action of someone and it causes discomfort to their their living situation or their life or anything, it, it actually challenges them. They'll like they'll hate you for it. Yeah. But if you give them something to complain about to easily join in, they're there like in a second because it's not gonna it doesn't cost anything to participate. Yeah. So when you the reality is uh, is that it's easy to complain. And then if, if even something you stand for is, is expressed in a complaint form without an action, then it's going to uh, attract other people complaining about that thing. Right. So it's often what happens is that people are actually looking at themselves in the person and saying, you're doing that wrong. Because yeah. they're saying, I'm, do- I'm not doing this right. Right, because we're all just a giant freaking mirror for each other. It's a mirror. Yeah. Yeah. There's only there's only one of us here. Absolutely, I believe that fully. It's it's funny too. Have you ever read the children's story by James Clavell? So no. James Clavell, he wrote Shogun and King Rat, all these great epic books, and he wrote a very tiny book called The Children's Story, and it I I had a hankering to reread it. And I realized I had given out my last copy, so I ordered it on Amazon. This was about a month and a half ago, and reread it. It takes about 15 minutes to read, and the the premise, where the where the story came from, is that his little girl came home from school one day, and said, "I learned the Pledge of Allegiance today," and James Clavell said, "Okay," and she started to 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 recite it to him, getting some of the words wrong. And he said, well, do you know what that means? And she said, what, what means? He said, any of it, what you're saying. And so this spurred right. on this book. It's a fantastic little book. And it's exactly what you're speaking of. We just do things. We don't know why we're even doing them. It's just there's a leader in our mind or in the populace or whatever saying, this is how it's done, so do it. It's kind of right. terrifying, really, at the end of the day. <laughs> Yeah, it's true, and and everyone wants wants the leader, but they want the right also to hate the the leader. It's like a it's a dual agreement. Yes. Like I don't want to do it, but I if you do it, you're basically allowing me to criticize you for leading. So that's just how that goes. And then if you point to someone and say, "Get it, tag, you're it, you're the leader," they're gonna be like, "No, I didn't. I didn't ask for this." Yeah. But, it's quite bizarre to watch the crowds now at these political functions. Or even the vitriol that is spewed across the internet, or or even at a dinner party. I'm I'm I don't know what has happened to the good old days where people just talked about differing opinions. There, it's no, like their it, personalities are so wound up in it. It's it's gone pretty extreme, and people it's the equivalent of people getting upset or fighting about uh, you know their loyalty to Starbucks versus tea coffee bean. They don't, you know, they don't know what goes into roasting the bean. They have, they're arguing, and they, meaning me, I get into it too, where I'm like, wow, I don't really know anything about this, but why am I so compelled to argue as if I'm almost a spokesperson? <laughs> and I don't, and that, I think that thing always existed, but now it's like, it, it's exaggerated because we each have our podium. We have these things we have accounts we have podcasts we have facebook we have these there are many soap boxes and uh and if you get enough people then it it validates your your perspective which is dangerous especially if it's for sale that's when you know it's dangerous when you can buy perspective yeah you know well, I mean, we're given perspective constantly of the images we see. I talk about this all the time that uh, the, the the advertising world is constantly telling you who you are and what you think, right. and and yeah. most people eat it like candy cane, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, the power is really in what you decide to consume. People, I don't think, uh, have a direct. Uh, understanding a relationship because it takes time to say no to these images and these products associated with this narrative. It's not the person on the top who you want to point to and go, these guys are like sexist pigs. Even if they were, what they're doing is offering 
a narrative along with some products and advertising that you're either going to take or not take. And so the moment you stop taking them, they don't have any power anymore. But we've gotten into this like little quicksand of going like, no, it needs to be changed. So let me go to my the person who's making it bad and demand that they change it. But that's just more like giving them more power because you're going to the source, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're going to who you're complaining about. And you're asking them to, to change it for you versus just cut it off. Like, don't don't buy that shit. Don't I think this is why that. shows like Game of Thrones and The Man in the High Castle and all these hierarchical TV and um, what's the one with Kevin Spacey? Um, oh, yeah. The cards. <laughs> and I think those, that's why these are so popular. Because it's, it's people mm-hmm. can rally against a character. They don't have to actually go outside and rally against something mm-hmm. real. It, the thing about your cartoons, right. too, that I quite enjoy is that they... I don't feel there's an agendist quality to it. it. To me, it just seems like, oh, this is a thought I had today, and I'm going to write it out and share it and, yeah. and let it go into the world. You know? Right. Yeah. Which I appreciate I think if that. There was an, if there was an agenda at all, it would be at some point, not all the time, uh, is to cause discomfort uh, or upset or opposition like just push a button like mm. sometimes I want to push a button sometimes I just want people to smile and realize their own uh, tiny um, ex- speck of experience that they are <laughs> you know that, yeah. like none of it really matters in the end it's like well it's like the cosmic joke right we're all are we all in on the cosmic joke or are we not all in on the cosmic joke right yeah yeah yeah, we're yeah, we're both the magician and the person being tricked. Yeah. Absolutely. So absolutely. yeah, I, I like to mess with that stuff. I like to um it's it gets more difficult though once you I don't know, once you hit a hit a um the moment I, I got into like a a little like space where it affected people where things were shared rapidly and I was like well I hit a chord here there's this weird thing of like addicted to that sensation again where like that's what I have to do and that becomes the goal as opposed to what the original intention of drawing was so it's this kind of constant reining in of like my my ego of like I want to make an impact and I want this shared and I want people to like me and I want people to say, hey, that's, that guy is amazing. All that, all that shit that comes with the, the ego driven stuff. But, but I have to constantly rein it in and be like, that's not why I draw, drew in the first place. Is that where the it's, one with the girl sitting at the drawing table and she said, yes. yeah, 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 that's, that's me. That was like, yeah. um, and that, that's the, that's the, work for me is I have to I'm looking at the world but I don't get to draw it unless I see myself like or else it, it doesn't translate unless mm-hmm. it it's exposing me as well if it's not exposing me I'm just reporting something that someone else already reported so that's finding like you said finding yourself in these things is the key to everything I mean that's the key to all anything that impacts people like I mean I think about politicians if they were more vulnerable they could really move mountains like they could they could say like if they just exposed themselves instead of making it the media and the people's job of exposing them we'd all be like holy shit they're humans humans are our leaders but right now they're not they're they're standing all of them all of our heroes are standing on a very brittle uh, pedestal yeah. that we're chipping away at. <laughs> we're either you know? chipping away at it, trying to set it on fire, or adding a new stick for them to climb up on. It's right. It's kind of the choices. Right. Yeah, I was like, here. Yeah. <laughs> Building the effigy. Like, yeah, it is. It's like uh, I assume this is like at least socially how like. I don't know. I don't know if it was like Rome or something. Some 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 society or civilization where there were these emperors and the people were just constantly like throwing tomatoes at them and uh, demanding stuff, and they were popular or unpopular. It's like 
it seems like nothing has really changed, just that, mm-hmm. you know, now you have, like, Twitter. So it's like... <laughs> <laughs> Twitter is your tomato. Exactly. Exactly. That's great. So do you get hate mail? No, actually... That's uh, good. No, I, I've removed my person from it, which I think at this point is important. Um, a part of me is tempted to start something else like a YouTube channel or something where I'm actually putting my person on the line, but I don't know if I want that because, uh, the trade off and reward for causing a commotion, it it sometimes doesn't, uh, it's not equal, you know, like the cost of like dealing with people who hate your opinions and all that and then I'm like well well, why would I do that to myself and there's a whole species of human that likes to hate just for the sake of hating oh yeah it's just so much fun for them the the troll people (laughs) yeah but a part of me does want to investigate how to uh, how to convert trolls I think it would be a great book for dummies (laughs) You know, like, because people, it's easy to just, like, hate the troll, and and that's a hateful, you know, bored person who's just, yeah, that's what they're doing, or they're getting paid to do it, you never know. Oh, so, yeah. It'd be fun to, it would be fun to actually almost, like, be like the Jesus for trolls. I had know? a guy <laughs> once, I had, uh, I made a friend um, with a guy who works at Wine Enthusiasts, and I had seen, I know nothing about wine. I know it tastes good, you know, yeah. but I couldn't tell you all the different whatevers. I know what I like. Um, anyway, I had seen this fun article, I can't remember even now what it was, and I tweeted it to my friend at Wine Enthusiasts, and a troll came along and just made so much fun of me, like, I, and not even in a clever way, just right. a dick way, you know. Mm-hmm. And so instead of getting, I kind of was like, that seems weird. It was like two in the morning, too. So I responded to that guy. I said, I, I'm confused. Are you being ironic? And I just thought I'd egg him on a little bit. And he said, well, this story has been out for a while, and everybody knows this. I said, well, I didn't know it, and I'm learning about wine, and for me it's really exciting. I said... I, I'm sorry that for you that you find that offensive, but I would think you'd want to support, you know, and I went on this whole little diatribe and he, I don't think he knew what to do with this. <laughs> cause you came, cause you came with niceness yeah. and like calm, you know, pragmatism and just rational speaking. I think they can disarm quite easily cause the reality is they're a person. So what would you say to that person if they came at you that way in reality, it might be more challenging, but People are, in the end, they're people. I mean, I had an experience when I was in Alabama and I was talking to someone who was clearly outspoken, racist, saying terrible things. And then I was, in the next day, we were in in a more public place and he was talking to, uh, the same, you know, ethnicity that he was making fun of and he was being so friendly. It's like, these things are all, they can all be like quite uh, demolished in a moment. The moment the humanity shows itself, you can, no, hardly people can withstand it. Because most people are good, even if they troll, even if they're nasty, even if they think they're racist. Like, context is what decides uh, how people are. Yeah. Context. So I wouldn't mind a little them. less human and a little more humanity. That's for sure. Yeah. Wouldn't that yeah. be nice? Right. Yeah. So you're working on a book? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking at, you know, some of the, my favorite, maybe 30 images and just organizing a book, um, around it, you know, just, just the images really. Mm-hmm. Nothing's nothing more, nothing proclaimed or anything. Just here's a book. I don't know what to call it yet. I was, I mean, I, I've the the, uh, the most commentary I get directly when I talk to people or you know when they see an image, they're like, "You should make a T-shirt of this," <laughs> which I'm like, uh, of course, that statement is it's like endless." So I was thinking of naming the book, you should make a t-shirt of this. <laughs> That's great. 
It reminds oh. me of something that... Do you know who Ashley Brilliant is? No. He's a cartoonist that... I don't know if he still does his, his thing, but um, I remember my mom had this book of his cartoons, and it was commentary on the world and life and philosophy and politic, and they were generally a single sentence. And I just... I absorbed that book, and it you remind me of that sort of thing. And that, that would be something he would say. He should make this into a t-shirt. That would be great. What's the, what's the name? His name is Ashley Brilliant. A-S-H-L... I guess it's E-I-G-H, and then Brilliant. Okay. He, uh, he had one that I, I had on my refrigerator forever. It said, appreciate me now and avoid the rush. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Which always made me laugh. So do you... Where, I'm going to ask you the, the job interview question. Where do you see yourself in five years? But what are, you, what are you moving toward? Do you know? Or is it more day by day? Or um, I think... As far as like what I'm making and stuff? Sure. Uh, How, whatever that means to you, I guess. Um, yeah, I... I um... I really don't know. I I think just sticking to proliferating work and just sticking to that and knowing that <clears throat> that'll that'll yield something good if I'm being honest uh, with in my work and myself. Like mm-hmm. some of the right people will notice, and then you know I I'm coming out of this phase where it's taken. I'm 35 now where uh, it's this, like, permission-based thinking or someone's going to notice you and save you or someone's going to notice you and finally you'll get the big uh, chance. And it's like, that's all bullshit because even if that comes along, that's their big chance using you. Uh-huh. And, people, and that's something... So well said. That, oh, my God. And it's true, and it's not even bad. It's just people, you know, when they when they see value they want to capitalize and that's normal but <clears throat> a lot of times the artist doesn't know how to be that 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 uh, aggressive person to themselves you know they don't look at themselves as a product they're like i'm an artist and i'm but i'm seeing i'm an, i'm a product what i have to say is a product and my job is to figure out how to have it support me so i could like live by the beach and do what i want you know and there's you know, so I think getting rid of that thinking of that someone someone's going to, you know, notice you and, you know, that's like a really, it's a big leap to take and it's probably the best thing for me. <clears throat> Even when I started doing these, I was like, oh, I have to tag like New York cartoons, the New Yorker and all these people and they have to notice and maybe Huffington Post will like post my stuff and, and then I just like looked at I try to, like, take myself out of myself and look at me from the corner of the room. And, like, I would just – I would slap that person. Like, what are you doing? They're not – you're you're it. You're the huffing – you are your own version of that. Your job is to steal all of their followers, you know, <laughs> to get them looking at, like, more provocative stuff and, you know. Because I look at these things, I, I'm like, wow, this is actually not what I would – would be saying like these are all surface and sort of cute and funny and that's really cool but i want to i want to cause commotion and, and some upset yeah i mean that's one of the brilliance of you i think is that there is that darkness and i'm a full believer in understanding one's own shadow and riding along and you know grabbing a coffee and you know not quite killing anyone for the day right that's good yeah <laughs> that's a good thing so and God knows we need it desperately. The things you say, we need to hear. I, I believe. Yeah, I think uh, the th- I, I would like to think that the things people also have to say, uh, people want to hear. If if only they figure out how to say them without dancing around or pretending mm-hmm. that they're saying something else. Like, like people can't be themselves. Like as as nutty as that that right culture has shown up in the media there is something to say about um being politically correct or like uh, governing language around things and forcing people to 
say and do things in certain ways. Like, I mean, they take it to a whole other level where it's not approachable. But I, I do think that that's stopping some of that is stopping us uh, as people, like saying what we want and realizing offending someone, even as shitty a comment or or intention behind a comment is, the power of someone who's listening is beyond the power of someone speaking. Like the listener actually decides how impactful the thing is. So like, they spread it. They make it viral. They tell their yeah. friends. Yeah. Yeah. This is this. This is that. This is so bad. This is sexist. This is racist. This is all of these things are the the power of them is that they are distinguished after they're said. They're not. They aren't. It's like the tree falling in the forest. Like they aren't. Without a listener, they're nothing. So you could almost listen out. Uh, these terrible things by not giving them any power, mm-hmm. but that's but that's people giving up their uh, addiction to reaction, reactionary. Oh, that's stuff such a powerful like drug, isn't it? <clears throat> I could react to that. I know exactly what to say. You're this. You're that. You're ignorant. All of that stuff is like so ready to go. It's like a machine gun, just like. And they can't wait. You can't wait to put people in their, like, place, you know, like, you know, with ethics or morality or all of these. It's, it's, an, it's a weird time for, an, for me because I want to say all of these things. I want, I want to say something that might occur as sexist or racist. I want someone to come and say, hey, is that, is that, what do you mean by that? I want there to be discourse over these mm-hmm. things. Do you get that in your feed a lot? Do people start the conversation or mostly? No, they don't. Uh, For the most part, for the most part, people appreciate what I'm posting, which I'm like, well, if I'm not causing like, I mean, there's nothing wrong with not having some negative uh, people trolling you and stuff. I've had people steal things, but I don't consider that it's like trolling. What do you mean by that, steal things? Just like... I mean, it's normal, like, you draw something, like a cartoon, the cartoonist is hardly credited when it's circulated, that's normal, but, like, uh, the police one, someone literally drew the same exact image, but swapped out the policeman character for, like, the the policeman from The Simpsons, the pig guy, which is, like, at first I was, I had a reaction, I was, like, what the hell, like, because people were commenting, like, wow that's so deep and thoughtful too and it's like I spent time I spent more time thinking about that image than I did drawing it like as far as the intention and what I wanted it to say and and then here's someone just taking the idea of it and drawing it like in 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 like a sloppy way or whatever Uh, even a similar style as me like sloppy and sort of somewhat yeah. careless drawing yeah. and then just running with it and then i even like confronted him like hey does this look familiar and then he blocked me and then mm-hmm. i it's just like upsetting to me because it's i thought about this it's like it's at, at the surface it's upsetting because it says to me uh it, it's like i'm stealing your you i'm stealing you like that's not yours like you didn't like you don't deserve something it's like but but beyond the surface, it's it's upsetting because he, he, that person who stole the idea, he doesn't get to experience like the accomplishment of what he wants to do because he's stealing. So it's like he already gets his punishment for doing it. So I don't have to manage it. Yeah. And in the end, it's just a stupid drawing. So it doesn't. It's not really a big deal. It's not like. It's not like he brought it somewhere and licensed it and got rich and so there's nothing really to fight over. But you know, except you for have to principle, get a... which we seem to be lacking of. <laughs> principle, yeah. People don't. I don't know. It's like you can't. The things that are most important to us are things you can't uh, police. I find a great yeah. irony in the fact that he, a person would steal the image and reappropriate it to, to, to the Simpsons thing, and, um, and yet somehow in the mindset of understanding what your cartoon meant, feeling that depth, 
and then turning around and doing something pretty gross and shallow yeah, is right. the, this grand irony. It's like uh, the people who you know scream and yell about uh, pick any topic. I don't care. Let's just yeah. pick racism. And right. then they're driving down the street and they throw uh, you know a coke bottle out their window into the street. Right. You know that same person. How can you on one hand be screaming about this one thing and right. completely disengage? from something else that's equally as important as, you know, a planet that you're trying to survive on, you know. I, to me, that it's like, it makes yeah. my brain explode trying to figure it out. Yeah, it's nitpicking. <clears throat> and, then, and then, like, the, the, the thing to do is, like, always be look at ourselves. Like, where, where are we doing that? Like, where do we right. discard our... We have this moral stance at one point, and then it's why is it gone over <clears throat> over here? Yeah, like and we see that it's completely gone over here. Uh, that's hard to see. That's a blind spot. That's yeah. like oh, definitely, it's good to say. Why does this frustrate me? What am I doing in my life that this right. is a mirror, and now I'm pissed because I'm looking at myself? I've, I've never right. tossed a can out of a window. But I'm sure right. I've done other things that are highly annoying. Yeah. And it's funny how you get so caught up in the moment. I followed a particular car that did that the other day. I followed for like, t- I had to go that way anyway, but I kind of followed behind. And in my mind, I was trying to see the person. I'm trying to imagine their life thinking, what life do they live? Like, what does their house look like? What are their mm-hmm. what are their friends like? You know, did they grow up? You know, I just had this whole thing. And then, then it was my exit. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll <laughs> go on my way. Like- what is it like to follow them home and sleep on their couch without them knowing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or to pick up the, you know, I have little fantasies. I'm weird, though. I have little fantasies of, like, stopping real quick, scooping up the can, following them for an hour to wherever they were going, and then walking them go, I think you dropped this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah. why? Why would I need to yeah. do that? Why am I trying to police the world? That's my That's stuff. Good. That's actually really funny. I thought of a, I thought of that. I have a, I have a shop, and... It's my last month of the shop, but people would throw cigarettes all the time, like out, oh. out on the front of my shop, and I get so pissed. And then I'd start judging them, and then, and then I would go out and be like, "You have to pick that up." <clears throat> One, then I distinguish two things. One is that's the front of if it's if I'm angry and that's the front of my shop, I go and pick the cigarettes up because it's my because I want to because it's me. I'm actually more fulfilled. And doing it that way than telling them to and shaming them and then them reluctantly doing something that I know they're going to do somewhere else anyway. So like, so then I, I got that part and I was like, oh, okay, I, I, I will pick up, I will be the person I want them to be right now. And it'll, and it'll, it'll be better for me. And then I realized I, I didn't draw this one yet, but it was, um, it's, uh, it's like a, it's like a boat, you know, those boats where they dump garbage into the ocean. So it's this big crappy boat and there's all this like disgusting, like crap and garbage, like pouring out of the boat. And there's two guys like on the fence, you know, looking out of the ocean. And the one guy is saying like, and I, I couldn't believe this guy. He actually threw a cigarette, you know, out and littered right in front of my house. And it's like, the reality is, all we're doing is saying, don't throw that out there, throw it out there. Right. No, I and know. It is. It's crazy. It is. It's a very good point. And I love what you just said, um, that I'm going to try and be the person that I want them to be. Right. Because really, that's all you can truly do. And it always right. starts with ourselves. It's the only yeah. thing. So yeah. has the way you see the world changed with the birth of your child? Who is beautiful, oh, yeah. by the uh, way? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, at first it 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 was like, oh god, I have to stop watching porn now, or like, oh, uh, awesome. I hate I hate guys. Like, I'm gonna make her be a lesbian, like things like that. Um, like all these protective, like irrational, really extreme, you know, perceptions of reality start flooding in. Uh, you could see how like parents become a little more conservative because they have kids, and it's like inadvertent it's just like predetermined like thinking like you're like you're this wild person you're like free and then you own somebody (laughs) you essentially have like ownership over this thing that eventually you won't have ownership so you need to like mold them 
how you th- you're basically like a god, which is like weird. It's like everything I'm against, I have to actually be now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's weird. That changes your perspective. And but the the good thing is like there's joy literally every other minute. You know, instant joy, like earth heart shattering joy, and you're just like I can't even. All the rest of the stuff will get figured out, and it's not my job to like save the world and wear a cape. Like, if I can give this person love, it'll. I have to believe that it'll it, it'll exponentially yeah. grow. It'll you work know? itself. I, yeah. And I do believe that weird, unmeasurable um, intentions, like unmeasured, they're unmeasurable, and they should be unmeasurable. Like the intention you put into loving someone and loving people that practice will will ripple and I don't need to know how you know I don't need to know how the clock works to know it's one o'clock it's like it's happening yeah you know what I mean yeah so if you could could go back and tell your let's say 15 year old self something with what your wisdom now what would it be and would you give that same wisdom to your daughter or would it be different do you think if I were to see my 15 year old me uh, I would say don't listen to any what anyone has to tell you, <laughs> especially if they're the fifteen years older version of yourself. <laughs> I'd say you're gonna have to figure this stuff out on your own. So yeah, good luck. Good luck. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I don't I don't think there's anything I would tell them because anything I would have to say now to them they it wouldn't be right if they understood it at that point sure like they have to go like screw up and like trip over things and say the wrong stuff and all that stuff so um yeah it changes yeah but having a kid changed my perspective oh the other thing that happened is i don't know if this happens when something else big happens in someone's life where all of a sudden the only thing that matters presents itself in this case it's a child and uh the rest of things the the toxic relationships or even the fringe sort of superficial friendships and things those literally like go away like you don't have time for them and you also make a conscious i did choice of just like i don't i can't fit anything else here like it's like someone the term that i remember is like uh it's called going through the eye of the needle where you know your life converges into this like single tiny point and only what's you and what matters to you can fit through that point and the rest is it's not useful to you and you're not useful to it so therefore there's no guilt there's no guilt about it it's just you move you move and then that's it. Yeah. That's very wise. What is that on your band-aid? I had I keep, I just noticed your it's a little image. Oh, I have like, I have little cartoon uh oh that's funny, it's Elsa from uh Frozen, I believe. Nice. Uh, that's funny. That's funny because I did a, a cartoon of her you know the song like Let It Go, Let It Go? <laughs> it was a cartoon that I didn't keep posted because it was so dark, but it was uh it was her tied up and blindfolded, and it said, let me go, let me go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now that's interesting. So you kind of, in a way, censored yourself. Why did Why did you take it down? I don't know, because there are people who are tied up and blindfolded, and it's pretty traumatic, probably. So, like, I feel like if that happened to me or my daughter, my partner, I would... I don't know if I'd make a cartoon about it. Yeah, I understand. Um, but I also, a part of me would think like, well, if you could make fun of it, it could dissipate the power of it, which I think, which is the reason for comedy and media. Uh, media is not doing its job properly now, but... Um, I think comedians are. Comedians are trying, I feel like. Comedians are trying, but there is that the PC infiltration uh, happening. I, you know, I've, I've done stand up for a couple of years and I know a lot of people do it and 
there is that there is censorship happening like within it and i'm like that's dangerous like george carlin would crush this kind of idea like your your job is to make people laugh but beyond that is to make people think and make people uncomfortable like you don't want the crowd to just agree with you right like you don't want them like oh cool i already knew that and i'm so glad he said it that's like louis louis that's why louis is so great you know because he makes people uncomfortable in times yeah along with yeah he's great he's also like a he's like a warrior for just free speech saying what you want you know yeah that's so important to me too free speech is really important to me like i don't care how shitty your content is or how disturbing it is like that should always be protected because you can just not take it in you can be like cool people say that or people drew drew that i don't care like right and there's always going to be people that hate it there's always going to be the hating faction or the hurt faction or the that triggered something in me faction or whatever it is but it seems like a lot of times artists comedians actors everybody everybody now is in a constant state of apology which is exhausting yeah eggshells too like walking on eggshells and apologizing but then once you apologize there's something else like within that maybe your apology wasn't like real like you need to apologize for your apology like it just it creates like a culture of like you know it's demanding and it's not it's contrived it's like the reality is people are shitty and people are also good and the two are they're together like you accept them both you don't there isn't this place we're going to get to, like, you know, this thinking of, like, eventually we'll get to the place where our huma- your our humanness is gone and it'll be only humanity is, like, that would be, like, hell for me. Like, I want to see the the messed up thing. It gives me some purpose. Right. I want to, I like, come home and be like, man, I saw, like, the most messed up thing. It was, like, a homeless person, like, taking a shit and nobody cared and, like, nobody... It was just, like, this normal, like, thing. It was so weird and, like, uh, whatever it is. I actually saw that. So I'm, like, that thought of I thought of that. It was so weird, like, downtown L.A. shopping for jewelry components and things and so busy. And this this guy is just going at it just right on the street. And I was, like, at first I was, like, it's more... I was angry at him, but then I was like, this is, like, potentially a a mentally unstable person and clearly homeless and doesn't have a place to go to the bathroom. But I was also mad at, like, us, like, all of us. Like, we're just walking and we have to – I was mad at myself. Like, I had to still go get this emerald. I'm like, here I am trying to find this emerald for this, like, beautiful engagement ring. And then there's a guy who needs a bathroom and he can't, and he doesn't have one and he's shitting. And it's like, I, that, that is extreme extremism. Like that's Absolutely. extreme. That is absolutely. And, and there's no answer. Cause you know, the, your good intentions, they, you know, what is that? The phrase is like, no good deed goes unpunished. Like, there's a trade-off. Uh, uh, let's say I, the reality, like someone who's really like, you know, has their morality aligned and they want an idealized world, you know, and poverty and this and that. The reality of that person's life is they are not going to get the emerald. They will stop and clean up the guy's shit. It was, it was liquid, by the way just so your listeners know. Um, and what do they do? They just, they point the guy to a better a bathroom, a better alley, a better what? Like, you're not going to adopt this person. Like, the reality is you're not going to cause the level of discomfort you're going to cause yourself um, will never be equivalent to the amount of time you have to, you know, Invest, put in to yeah. help the person. Yeah. 
Yeah. So like you you won't you won't let it happen. You won't let it be equivalent because in the end you're like, oh shit, I have like a daughter and a life to take care of, and and then people get mad at that, and I find that interesting in itself is like people are mad at how it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, because we all we all have answers. Where suffering comes from, like, it should this shouldn't be is the definition of suffering. Yes. Well, and we all have our armchair answers, but like you said, you know, then you you kind of go a few steps down the line. All right, you stop looking for the emerald, and going about your life and going home to your your child, you know, your daughter and your your Mm -hmm. your environment, or you go down the rabbit hole of that man and his life. Right. Right. So what do you do? What do you do? Like, yeah, what do you do? And you have you someone gonna... that depends on you 100% and needs you and right. who also poops right. liquid. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's just me. And like that my daughter. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. Okay, I have one more question for you and then uh so you had mentioned about how you're cartooning because I also, I dabble in cartoons. I have ideas. I'm like, I'm going to, and I, sometimes I fret over the quote unquote quality of the drawing. And when I first discovered your work, it was very freeing for me because I realized that that isn't the point. And I wondered, did you, was yeah. that a conscious decision for you? Because your sketches sometimes are quite uh, raw, you know, and. Uh, yeah, it, it was. It's a, uh, well, the first thing is that that crappy uh, Starbucks Game of Thrones one that I did ended up being sort of like the way I landed into it. And so I was like, well, if I can draw things that impactful um, and not have the drawing that good, that's like, I mean, it it, uh, caters to my laziness, uh, which is good. And it's efficient. It makes me be able to be prolific in my in my creating like you know so the choice was to keep it that way it wasn't a choice that it emerged that way because normally I'm a perfectionist and I would spend so much time I would spend so much time on one thing and make sure it looks good that I probably wouldn't do more because I realized how much time it took but the magic of cartooning and making it crappy is you just if your intention and your what you're saying is so clear you can reduce it to stick figures. I mean, one of the things I draw is like these circle head people mm-hmm. yeah. that are just, and they're just like, they are named these entities and that's all that needs to be known. And so, I mean, that's so refreshing to me. I would not be doing this if I didn't have the luxury or understanding that it doesn't have to be pretty at all. Like, it could be really scrappy. Um, and I like that about it. There's other cartoonists that I've looked at that have it the same way. And I'm like, oh, they don't follow any rules. It's just kind of, there's this one guy, Porus Walker, who all of his stuff are just buttholes and tits and penises and these really funny ways. Like he'll do like a, a guy on a zip line, like the perspective of his like, He's at the top of the zip line, and the zip line goes all the way down, and it's just going right into a butthole. That's like, awesome. And it's done with, done with like crayon, and it's not well drawn at all. It's just enough to be like, oh, that person has some sort of artistic like inclinations, but he like severed it at like age eight, and then he used his brain to expand like ideas instead of like technical skill. So Which I love, I love that so much. Thank you. I am thrilled. Let's okay. I want to see all the different ways people can find you. So there's uh, Instagram.com slash made by Jim Bob, Facebook.com slash made by Jim Bob. Do you have a website too? Is there? Uh, my website made by Jim Bob goes directly to my Etsy account, which is some jewelry, but now it's slowly getting overtaken by uh, by cartoons and prints and things like that. And um, so yeah, mostly my activity is all on Instagram and then everything else links from there. I mean, the best way to follow my work is on Instagram and made by Jim. Can people buy originals or only prints or? Yes. yes. Yeah. My originals go for a hundred dollars. Um, and the prints go for between 30 and 45. Um, 
and then I sign them and stuff, and they come in a really cool package. Um, so yeah, all my originals uh, are for sale. Um, all of the major ones that kind of kind of went mini viral, I sold out of request. People requested them. That was cool. Um, and yeah, it's uh, that's my future is doodling. Well, I can't wait for the book, and I wish you all the success. I, I think you're fantastic. Thank you. I really appreciate that, and appreciate you inviting me on here, and I really love your, your other stuff. I really, um, the Jill one was so, uh, like, so, it's like what everyone wants to know. I mean, that alone could be repeated if you just find the right, I just think that's so great. Thank so, you. So, the concept of your podcast is really great, and it's good that you're uh, that you're the person asking the questions. Thank you, I appreciate that. Well, Jim Bob, have a wonderful day, and uh, I'll see you on Instagram. <laughs> okay, and then uh, what's when does this come out? Will I'll you let you know. A... I'll send you the link, and I'll send you um, uh, uh, the little the postery thing. And um, I'm also I'll put on my HeyHumanPodcast.com website all the links so that people can find you directly uh-huh. as well so awesome well yeah. if you draw if you draw a um, cartoon and you post it tag me in it okay awesome i want to i want to see what your that brain has <laughs> okay good <laughs> have a wonderful day thank you bye, bye.